existence In existence, join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice Welcome to the Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing... Husker Du versus Bob Mould. <sighs> Husker Du, Candy Apple Grey versus Bob Mould, uh, Patch of Sky. Is that what it's called? Patch of Sky? I thought it was something that's cloud. Not... That was uh, 22 Cloud Lane. Oh yeah, that's right. 22 Cloud Lane. Yeah, Patch of Sky. Um, and for... For the first time in a long time, I think we're doing things that are exactly 30 years apart. Wow. Patch the sky, my iTunes says. Patch the sky, yes. Sorry. I don't know where my brain is. Um, So Candy Apple Grey came out in 1986? Yep. And their major label debut, that's what we'll be talking about first. Um, So, hold on a sec. I'm, I'm getting my internet up, everybody. Just bear with me. Uh, yeah, so 86. How close are we to hitting the singularity? I, I, well, there's only one more Who's Could Do album after this. Oh, so we're really close. So, yeah, if Bob puts out an album, or Grant, next year, uh, I guess uh, Pop Culture Continuum will collapse in on itself. I think it already has. That happened on... Episode uh, one. No, it was a Michael Morris episode. Oh, yeah, most likely. Yeah, so 86... Major label debut for Warner Brothers Records. And, uh, My absolute favorite Who's Could Do album. I knew it would be. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'm in the minority for, for that. I loved it. It's definitely, uh, of all the albums we've done, it's definitely the one. I mean, there are actual melodies on every song except one on this one, I think. So, like, hummable melodies. And that one would be the first song, Crystal. Which yeah, I... they, 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 they start off kind of old school, but it, it gets a lot better if you don't like the old school stuff. Yeah, I think that was probably just, I mean, I don't know. I, I Who knows? But it seems to me like that was probably their thing of like, okay, we're on a major label, but we're still not selling out kind of thing. Because it's not a great song or anything. Like, I usually skip past it. It was unless, a bone to their fans. Yeah, unless I'm feeling, you know, angsty or whatever. But yeah, then, so you always listen to it. Then there, yeah. So every single time. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the album is definitely, definitely pop songs in structure and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Just played more intensely than what you'd think of as pop. But yeah, good. Oh, I'm I'm glad you liked this one. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I think I might have. I would have to listen to it more to decide for sure. But if I, if we were as we usually don't doing a versus where they're actually fighting each other, I think I would pick Candy Apple Gray over Patch the Sky. Yeah, well, yeah, I definitely would. But you know, it's a. I, I think. Well, I'll talk about it more when we get into Bob Mold. Why that is, but um. But yeah, it's only only ten songs, which was you know, all their other albums were. They try to cram like fifteen or fourteen songs on there at least, but so you're saying they got they got popular enough to be on a major label and they immediately broke up. They they did yeah they did one more album after this a double album after this they did they did basically eight albums in six years and two of them were double albums so like ten albums in six years. Was the the fame of being on a major label what 
pushed them over the top, got into their heads, and made them break up? No, I think it was, uh, I, you know, it was a lot of things, I think. They were, Grant Hart was on heroin, and uh, that, that never helps. No. And uh, I think they were just not, they were not in sync with each other. Oh, you mean like the band from the 80s? Yeah. Were they from the 80s? Did they start in the 80s? Who cares? Um, I'm pretty sure the Backstreet Boys started in the 80s. Oh, that, you were talking about the Backstreet Boys. Oh, sorry. Because their dancing was always in sync. I, yeah. No, I thought you were talking about uh, In Vogue. I always get them confused. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was hard. So you picked two songs from this album. I picked one. It was hard for me to pick a song, but I figured since we were doing a Bob Mould album, I'd pick a Grant Hart song. Um, though there, there were a number of Bob songs I could have picked as well. Um, but I think it's not really, uh, what you would call a party album. And yet also in a way, not super depressing, although like there is depression, especially like right in the middle. There's a song that's literally about depression. Well, two, maybe depending on your take, we're going to talk about one of them, but, uh, too far down. That's like an acoustic number. That's, I mean, it's pretty straightforwardly about being depressed, which but it I, sounds nice. Yeah. I appreciated, uh, this, it's a great breakup album. Like this was my first major breakup. This is the album that was the soundtrack for me to that. So, uh, and that happened when this album came out, uh, a year later, actually, but, well, he was setting you up. What? Yeah, I know, man. Fucking Bob. It's. I mean, there are mostly Grant's hearts are about breakups. There's. Bob's, Did you say mostly Grant's heart is about breakup. Grant Hart songs are about breakup. Oh. Um, Bob's are kind of just about depression, I guess, really, and confusion and whatever. I don't know. I. Uh, one of the songs I almost picked was Eiffel Tower High. I don't know if you remember that one, but that one's just kind of goofy and. And it mentions Junior Mints, which I liked. I remember mentions liking at what? the time. Junior Mints. <laughs> I thought, oh, Junior Mints in a lyric. That's got to be a first. <laughs> um, I don't know what they are. Junior Mints? Yeah. What, you never saw that episode of Seinfeld? Oh, those are Junior Mints. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought those were Thin Mints, but Thin Mints are the Girl Scout cookies. I got it all together now. Yeah. Junior Mints are delicious. They are. Uh, used to only be able to get them in the movie theater. Like I, they didn't sell them in uh, at the Seven Eleven when I was younger. I mean, they started to eventually, but used to only be a theater thing. That was uh, kind of kind of cutting their into their market. Seems kind of dumb, but I guess people used to go to the movies a lot more now. Then I mean, back before they could just uh, illegally download everything. Anyway, we're not talking about that song. But it's called Eiffel Tower High, if you'd like to look it up. Uh, just weird. I al- oh, sorry. I also liked in Eiffel Tower High, if you read the printed lyrics, it said it says, I scream, I scream, ice cream, I scream, which I liked. Um, I like that, too. I didn't, I didn't have a printed lyrics to look at, so my loss. Anyway. Um, yeah, aside from Crystal, the first song, there's even a piano ballad on it. Another one of Grant's. 
Um, and I almost picked I almost picked too far down too, but then when I saw uh, one of your picks, I was like, ah, oh, let's let's not do two super depressing songs. Um, but the first song was my pick was uh, "Don't Want to Know If You're Lonely," one of the two singles, and I think I think um, when they moved to a major label, the label kind of they gave them creative control, but they like pushed for certain songs to be released as singles. And mm-hmm. um, I think it probably it got on Bob's nerves a little bit also that uh, the two singles they picked from this were Grant Hart songs, <laughs> but um, also rightfully so. And this was one of them. Um, this kind of reminds me of a Cheap Trick song. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a weird, that's a weird comparison. But I could see it. Yeah, it's especially kind of, how it opens up. Yeah, the this this album too definitely sounds better than all their older albums. You mean just sound like sound wise, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can. It kind of gets that big sound that they always had, but it it is more. It's more distinct and and uh, easier to actually hear the the melody under the noise. Mm-hmm. But it is it is still you know played at at high intensity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and. And uh, this is obviously a breakup song, if you can't tell by the title. Um, Grant Hart, the the McCartney of the group, um, got the more melodic voice, got the definitely the more just uh, basic pop song structure uh, that that he wrote. And Bob's were more maybe more complex, like as far as chords and stuff go, and and a little darker. Uh, but this one's been actually used in a couple movies, like Adventureland and something else. I can't remember. Uh, but it's it's a good. It's definitely one of the ones you would pick for a single. Um, you got any thoughts on this one? No, nah, just the cheap the cheap, cheap trick thing jumps out at me. Other than that, it's a good song. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, listen to a little bit of "Don't Want to Know If You Were Lonely." <laughs> Probably the best song on the album. I don't know. But um, another Grant Hart song, the second single, or the first single. I can't remember which came out first. Sorry, Somehow. And why'd you pick this one, Pat? Really pretty. I think that's the biggest reason. It's, it's it, As I was listening to this the, the record, this one and the other one I, I picked out, or what jumped out at me is being different than what came before for who's good doing what meet what i what i really liked about the album yeah and it has a more of a kind of a throwback like 60s sound with that organ in it going in it 
the whole through the whole thing and uh so yeah yeah i mean they they definitely stretched out more on this album than they than they had previously especially with like the acoustic stuff um and the piano ballad yeah i think sorry somehow was the first single this was the first single um and there was no video for this but they did make a video for don't want to know if you're lonely and uh yeah he's definitely got the he's got uh, there's great vocals on this song too i think yeah by grant yeah. Hart. just that that super he could he could get up there with bob as far as the the shouting intensity um and i really like it at the end too with just a he just keeps screaming sorry over and over <laughs> and uh another reason i like this band you know they got a song called i apologize a song called sorry somehow <laughs> people like us i think we appreciate that feeling sorry and sorry somehow is very catchy too somehow it oh, it's it is somehow. really catchy catchy somehow that's what they should have called it i think so sorry because like you said they say sorry too much in the song which is fine but in the title they should have something different catchy yeah. somehow and then just not say catchy at all in the song no that's that's proper songwriting right there etiquette yeah it's like uh it's like uh, i don't know somebody anyway coche here is sorry somehow last song we're gonna do from this album um though i I also want to put in a word for uh all this i've done for you the last song on the album a bob song which is kind of if there's anything approaching hope on the album that's probably it uh which i also really like but this song hardly getting over it one of the two right in the center of the album that are just downers um but i want to know why you picked this one no, I love this song. Don't get me wrong. I just liked it. I I kept this is one of the ones I kept going back to and wanting to hear it again. I don't I don't have I think it's just uh it hit me hit me somehow, but I don't have any like rational explanation why I liked it so much. Well, I just are, liked it a lot. Those are the best songs. Usually. Yeah. And um, I mean just <laughs> a lot of repetition in this one too. Oh yeah, it's got that piano that like plinking piano chord going all through it all the way through it yeah yeah which is it's just like a one note thing um and it gets inside your body it does no it really does <laughs> and, and not not quite in an ice cream man way but in a, in a much better way yeah kind of a which deeper way you hear it after you turn the song off yeah and he 
he plays this one live a lot still to this day. But how does it sound live? I mean, that it's, doesn't have that. It's great live. It's uh, it's kind of. I mean, he plays it on electric guitar. I mean, he plays it acoustic too if he's doing just a solo show. But um, if when he's playing with a band, it's it's electric, but it's still. He plays it different ways a lot of times. Sometimes it's really brooding and somber. Sometimes it's kind of really intense. It's just a good song to hear live. Um, and I guess it's the the keyboard or something that has that. Dun, 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 dun. I can't do it, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that. I love that. I just love that. I mean, you could take everything else out, and that would just by itself would be fantastic. It is, yeah. It it is really catchy and pretty, um, but well. The, with rough edges to it yes the last verse is it's like morrissey level depression where i know some people like said they couldn't take it seriously but i i always was like oh god that is bleak because uh, it is uh, the lines are grandma she got sick she's gonna die grandpa had a seizure moved into a hotel cell died away now my parents they just wonder when they both are gonna die and what do i do when they die so <laughs> That'll clear out a room pretty fast. <laughs> well, his answer is by a mansion in San Francisco, so I guess it's really a happy song. Yeah, and both his parents are dead now. So I guess he knows what he'll do. Start a gay party in San Francisco. Wait, did you ever... You didn't go. It was... Oh, it was uh, my friends, Mia and Sandy, went with me to Blow Off, which was his DJ gig. He did one um, on my birthday one year, so, so we went out to it, and... Um, it was possibly the gayest thing that ever existed in the universe. I think, I'm pretty sure I was the only straight guy there. I think they were the only two women there. And everybody else was bears, and it was just like the most saccharine, like, dance pop that he was playing, DJing. <laughs> very, very Weird. strange, yeah. Um, fun, but we didn't, we didn't hang around too long. Like, we kind of... We kind of felt like outsiders. It was weird. Not that anybody made us feel that way, but it's just, it was so specific a scene. But anyway, yeah, so a far cry from this. Um, hardly getting over it. Well, let's play you a little bit right now. I'm, I'm, uh, 
I kind of figured you would like at least like this more than the other albums we've done. I liked it. Yeah, I like this a lot. Um, I mean, I know in the other albums there would be a song or two I liked, but I never. I don't think I liked the whole thing nearly as much as I like this. This yeah, is definitely the best. Yeah, you just cut. Uh, you just erase that first song from the playlist, and you're good. It's a short song. It is. That's true. Yeah, it's not that bad. I just. <laughs> Hardly getting over it is not a short song. No, it is not. So I don't think he really should have been upset about this not being one of the singles. Yeah, no, I I couldn't imagine him thinking this might be a single. But maybe <laughs> like uh, one of his songs, like I don't know for sure, or I don't know, Eiffel Tower High or something. Who knows? But it, I mean, definitely the Grant songs were the it, Like if you listen to the album even only once, you'd be like, oh yeah, those two songs are the singles. Mm-hmm. Uh. And and uh, yeah, so this one had a lot of a lot of relevance to me uh, back then. Like I, I got it in '86, but I didn't like I didn't have the breakup until '87, and that's when I really like started. That was the one that I listened to all through that, you know, all through getting through it. Mm-hmm. Did you get it on tape? I had it on uh, vinyl, and then I had it on cassette. Do you still have both copies? Of course. Wow. No, I don't have either one. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was going to say. No, I, I know. I wish I had kept it because I got some stuff signed by Bob. It would have been a nice one to have signed by him. Um, no, you know, I don't I don't have the space, man. I live in Oakland. I don't have, I don't have the space for all that physical media. I also don't, you know, I don't really fetishize the, the media itself. Like, to me, the music is what matters, so... I'm fine having things on MP3. I know it doesn't sound as good. Sounds yeah. fine. Sounds good enough to me. Cassettes will never be surpassed by any other no. format. No, cassettes were always the highest fidelity. My God, cassettes were such such shitty. I think cassettes were actually worse than MP3s. But that's oh, what... Oh, much, much. Yeah, but that's what I... And I don't think if you if you have the bit rate high enough, MP3s are fine. Yeah, or it's... even... I mean, you can always, like... Um, Import shit as wave files too, which is really good. Um, but well, that just takes up massive room. Yeah, or you can. There's other formats. There's that OG format, which is entirely lossless, which is not big, and the, the quality is exactly the same as a wave file. You just don't have. You can only play it on your computer. That's the problem with the OG files. Is that yeah, no, no MP3 players support it. Well, OG players do. Oh, the great OG players. And the name Og is so much more fun to say. You can say MP3 a million times, you'll never enjoy yourself. You say Og once, and you're almost orgasming. Yeah. Well, almost in your case, maybe. I'm an edger. Um, yeah, no, Og. It's great. Og Vorbis. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, vinyl sounds good. CDs sound good, too. They sound as good as vinyl. People who... Since I've done this all this audio engineering stuff, I can tell you for sure that CDs sound as good as vinyl. Um, I but, could tell you that without doing that because I listen both with my ears. Yeah. I well, no, I know, but but I mean, there's actually like scientific testing. It the thing is that um, wait, that, I thought that the argument was with CDs was that they. The, the some versions weren't mastered very well compared to vinyl, and that's what the difference was. It wasn't the it wasn't the media itself; it was how the, how they were created. That's that's true to some extent. the The main problem is when CDs first came out, 
um, the bit rates and sample rates were really low, and and uh, that digital to audio uh, transfer was in its infancy and not good. So like a lot of the early earliest CDs that came out, and and especially a lot of the uh, first digital recordings, really did sound shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, but these days everything's been remastered like five billion times. Uh, it, it, everything that's that's really popular anyway. Uh, you're not going to tell any appreciable difference. I mean, given the same stereo equipment and, and speakers and preamps and shit. Right, yeah. Um, anyway, there you go, nerds. Although, I do get it, too. I mean, I do I do get vinyl, like, for the artwork and all that. Oh, yeah. Vinyl is infinitely better than every other format because it's so big, it's so pretty. And even, even the disc itself, they can do things with that that are neat. So that's yeah, colored vinyl and all that. Yeah, I used to have a, a bunch of like collectors' albums, you know, that had like picture discs and all that. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I just like again, I would probably collect vinyl if I had the room for it and the uh, money, since you know albums now cost like thirty bucks. The new albums got that kind of money. Why do they cost that much? Because it's a niche market. I mean, they're oh, that's basically true. they're not make they're not producing enough for it to to be over that. Yeah. That yeah, it's it's for you know it's definitely for music geeks. So and they're willing to pay. Music geeks and like DJs and stuff. DJs who still use vinyl. I, I assume there are some of those still around. What in this age of Trump? Making America great. Any Trump news this week? Yep, he hired a new campaign person because he lost Wisconsin. So he he blamed that on the campaign manager and No, I don't know if it's the the campaign manager is the one that might be going to jail. Going for, to jail, yeah. So that makes sense that he would. I don't know if he specifically replaced him, but and the, the article I read wasn't talking about blame, it was just talking about bringing someone new in. So I don't know if he blamed him or not, but yeah, someone who's coming in to write the ship and I I don't know that I'd rather have I think I might rather rather have Trump win. You know, because if he got into the White House, it would just be a big joke, and he wouldn't get anything done. I'm afraid Cruz could get a lot done. No, he would. Yeah, uh, no, Trump would just. I mean, really, it would be a step down from his normal lifestyle. That's absolutely true. Uh, and sometimes I wonder that this was not not so much a joke, but a, more a publicity tour. And he never thought it would go this far. And if he actually got the nomination, he would kind of give up in the middle because he doesn't actually want to be president. Well, that's the thing. I think if he was president, he would probably give up in the middle. He'd be like, this is <laughs> fucking boring, man. I don't want to deal with this shit. I, um, I, I don't. In general, I don't think most people would want to be president. I don't think it's a jo- an enviable job. It's. It's an unenviable job in about a million respects. I mean, yeah, you've got to you've got to have a ton of qualities that I don't possess at all to want that job. So it's really hard for me to relate. But even if you have those qualities, I, I just feel like it's 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 kind of a lose lose position, especially nowadays because the country's so so uh, you know partisan that the, half the country's going to hate you no matter what you always, do. yeah. And a lot of your successes aren't going to be recognized until you're dead for many, many years. And yeah, so it's yeah. But it, I guess if, you, if it is an ego trip, thanks Obama. Yeah, thanks Barack Hussein. It is an ego trip, but isn't? I mean, wouldn't you think Trump 
Trump's ego was stoked enough already. I guess. I guess you know. He, no, I don't think he wants to be president. I still, I still think he's just saying things that he thinks people want to hear because I don't know why. I don't understand it at all. Did Did you see? I, well, I posted about it on Facebook. Um, the Bill Clinton. Yeah, that was a little weird. I, well, the weird thing to me, well, Bill Clinton, for people who didn't see her Facebook, uh, had an argument with a, a Black Lives Matter protester that was at a speech he was giving. The weird thing to me is that he was defending his presidency instead of talking about Hillary. Yeah, until, well, exactly. Yeah. That, that's what, that was one of the more tone-deaf things about it. For somebody who's usually pretty fucking good at, at uh, public speaking and spin and stuff he kind of dropped the ball with that did I you thought. listen to the, the the his speech at all i just read the, the transcript no so I, I just read the transcript as well i'm thinking maybe if you listen to it it makes a little bit more sense because yeah i agree with you most of the time he's not like that so maybe it, it doesn't it, sound as bad as we think it does yeah it's possible i don't know why he just kept saying to the black lives matter protester i did not have sexual relations with that woman she wasn't even talking about it that was a great Clinton, by the way. I'm surprised you didn't pat me on the back for that one. I I thought it was great, but I really thought you were doing Steve Buscemi. No. You, I mean, you know my Buscemi. Hey! That's it. That's all I've ever heard Steve... I mean, that's everything he says. Sounds like that to me. But uh, in other uh, somewhat political news, uh, good for you, Bruce Springsteen. Cancel. Oh, he's he's running for president. He canceled the uh, that show in Greensboro, North Carolina, because of their their transgender law, their you know bathroom law or whatever they call it. What the law that says that everyone has to use every bathroom they they see? Yes, everybody, and they have to shit in the sinks. I mean, it is North Carolina; they have standards to uphold. That's a terrible law. I'm glad Bruce Springsteen did that. Good for you, Bruce. They're not saying boo. Oh shit! What happened? I had a an ad came up. Sorry, I don't know if it came over the speakers. I didn't hear anything, unless it was an ad for shit. Maybe it was one of those ads that run in my head. I haven't gotten that upgrade yet. By Manon. Yeah, no, you didn't hear about that Springsteen thing. Yeah, I did. Wait, so is Chris Chris Christie's just his political career is dead now? I mean. All nope. around, right? Nope. He'll be uh, Donald J. Trump's vice president. No. Trump Trump would not pick him. I Trump, he, you know, that's right. He wants to be attorney general. Jesus Christ, that would be horrible. Um, who would Trump's vice president be? We haven't even talked about that. I don't think he knows yet, but I'm, I'm thinking it would be Stockdale, Stockdale grade material. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just flummoxed now. Like, he's... He's probably like, just, can this end already? Like you said. Um, Maybe you would be picking from other reality show people. That would be pretty cool. Like Simon Cowell. Yeah, or one of the winners of Survivor. Well, everyone on Survivor is a winner of their, in, in some sort, so. That's true, of our hearts. He should go with, uh, you know, he should go with uh, Puck from the real world, San Francisco. He's the Karen Mayor of San Francisco, right? Yeah. Current Good mayor. Choice. And uh, and homeless street shouter near the BART station. He plays a dual role. By Menon. 
Yeah, this is a Kenny Apple Gray is a good album. Uh, the the punks probably hated it, but I think they probably hated them before this anyway. Um, the the hardcore kids, I'm sure. But you liked it, so you're hardcore, so it all comes together. Um, I'm yeah. They named that movie Hardcore Harry after me. No fucking royalties either. Did you say it? No. I gotta. I I just have to learn to uh, read contracts before I sign them. No, it. I mean, it looks gimmicky, but it's probably fun. You didn't. You didn't see it, right? I think it just came out today. Yeah, I'm not gonna see it. No, I I won't either. I I felt a little sick just watching the trailer. Yeah, same here. Um, Definitely, like big screen, I think would make me sick. Maybe on cable or something if if there's nothing on. Did you see the trailer for the new Vince Gilligan show? No, I haven't. I haven't seen trailers for jack shit. I know there's a new Star Wars movie trailer. Haven't seen that. That looks awesome. Um, but Vince Gilligan is down the track. It was kind of a you don't know what's going on in the trailer. Just you see kind of like glimpses of uh, what's his name and it's Billy <laughs> Bob Thorne, uh, uh, Brian Ben Ben, whatever his name. Oh is. right, you told me he was on that. Wait, it's a TV show? Mm-hmm. And uh, is it on... It's not on network? No, it's cable. Okay. No. Um, Looks I, good. I just saw... Oh, never mind. Why am I going to bring up a preview that I don't remember? I saw a preview for something you mentioned, finally. Um, I was like, oh, there's that thing that's probably like two years old now. The Star Wars trailer is great, by the way. And once again, Star Wars, uh, a certain segment of the Star Wars fans show themselves to be real uh, forward-thinking individuals. Oh, were they complaining about a woman being the star? Of course they were. God, I hate that. I, everyone I've heard was like, this is great, it's exciting, and then there's troglodytes that come out. That's too bad. Well, they're, they're always, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily Star Wars fans. I think that's maybe like MRA people who just find things to complain about any movie that doesn't star a man. Possibly. But it's also, then you kind of fall into the no true Scotsman fallacy there where it's like, Oh, well, I'm not, not saying, no, I'm not saying Star Wars fans w- couldn't possibly be like that. Cause that it's, they complain about everything anyway, but I'm just saying right. that there is a segment of the MRA population that will complain about any movie. If you just look about the Mad Max backlash that yeah. happened before the movie even came out, no, but totally, I, totally. I, I'm not trying to say no Star Wars people will be like right. That. Right. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, and, no doubt it's a it's a tiny minority but you know the it's always those the vocal assholes who stick out um because they're vocal assholes which is quite a circus trick i thought an asshole that stuck out had a different name than that oh yeah what is it it's a uh it's an inverted anus no a prolapsed anus there it is prolapse i'm not gonna go amateur anymore i'm going pro Prolapse by Manon. That would be What's a good break? deodorant name. Uh, oh, sure. Are we done talking about uh, Trump and, and the political? Oh. I guess we're just going to do Trump every week. Well, every week for eight years. Let's hope. I mean, shit, let's hope he does an F- pulls an FDR and, and we get 16 years. Oh, I thought you meant got polio and put in a wheelchair. That as well. Uh, he's I probably you meant Bob anti-vax. Japan. What'd you say? I thought you meant Bob, Bob Japan. Well, I mean, they've kind of got it coming. Have you heard J-pop? Jesus. 
Uh, yeah, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with a new Bob Mould album, Patch the Sky. Be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. Oh. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great racing, steeple chasing. Mold Patch the Sky. New album, uh, a couple weeks old. Uh, Patch it, the Sky is a good album. It is a good album. I think he uh, he's playing to his strengths. I think of the last three albums of his that we've done, after listening to it for a while, it's probably the best of the three, I think. Um, it, he's, I don't, he's good at what he does, and he kind of doesn't veer too much from the path on this album. No, it's it's a Bob Mould album. Yeah. And it, it's also, I think it helps that he's been now playing and touring with the same two guys in his band for uh, a number of years now. So, Are you going to see him for this tour, or has it already happened? No, yeah, I'm going to see him in May. May. Um, so he, he puts a new album out, it seems like every year. There's... Close to, yeah. Not quite Husker Du levels, but pretty good for for a solo dude who doesn't need to do it. Um, yeah, and I, I guess uh, it it came in at number one on the vinyl charts, which is nice. So, so nerds like him. Well, yeah, yeah. Idiots who think vinyl sounds better than CDs like him. Uh, people that, like, patched this guy's uh, album art. Yeah, exactly. It it uh, yeah, definitely it debuted on the uh, on the Belgian albums chart and the UK albums chart. Uh, oh, U.S. Billboard 200. I don't even know if any of that means anything anymore, though. I was doing a we had to do a report for school on uh, how artists uh, what what percentage of their money they make from album sales and touring and blah blah blah, blah. and. Uh, Album sales account for six percent of, of income profit, of income yeah. for the artists for artists for, yes how about for the, stu- the the label well for the label it, it counts for probably a lot more but labels they also have these now it's pretty standard to have a three sixty deal um, but labels make you sign so that they get percentage of like your merchandise and sometimes even you're touring and shit so well, um, bob mould wouldn't have to sign that kind of deal no he? no he doesn't he doesn't have to do shit so what's the percent six percent for album and what's where's where's the rest of about it? five times that for uh live performance huh. so that's where the money is and this is this was a thing of all musicians including um like symphonies and like uh music teachers and shit like that so uh well that's only 36 percent. where's the rest yeah, it comes from other shit. I mean, merchandise only was around 2%. Um, it's probably a lot of it's from royalties, songwriting royalties. 
and then um, uh, especially if you've got a big body of work and you know your older stuff is still selling. That's too bad because Bob Mould used to have a bigger body of work. He did used to have a bigger body. He's very uh, very fit now. Kind of a uh, bit of a chubster back in the Husker Du days. But that's that's what drinking will do to you. Although he also took speed back then, so you'd think it would balance out. I guess he drank more than he sped. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's, it's called taking speed. I think it's called speeding. Yeah, it's, it is called speeding. Um, just high on crank all the time. You... You ever noticed that... And I don't think it's called high on crank. I think it's called cranky. You're right. I, You know, I'm not up on my drug lingo because uh, those days are past me. But It's not drug lingo. It's D-lingo. It's D-ling? Go. The, uh... Have you heard the thermals? The ther- Yeah, I've heard of them. They were on an episode of Comedy Bang Bang, and I really liked their music. I had never heard of them. Yeah, the stuff I had heard before sounded kind of mall punky, but I heard them on Comedy Bang Bang too, and it sounded much better uh, when they were on there. So I I should check out their new album. I have not yet. What's mall punky? Well, you know, like Green Day-ish, or I don't know. I can't imagine them sounding like Green. No, Day. No, I mean it wasn't quite. It wasn't that that mall punky, but it just sounded like like maybe a little too. I don't know too close to fallout boy although better you know but i might have just heard like one song that i didn't like i don't even know and i and i judged him off that in any case yeah i liked i liked what i heard on comedy bang bang as well man that show is really on fire oh i thought you were gonna say something bad because i would disagree no it's been it's been that was super a very consistent. funny episode yeah was that the episode where they had the uh, the guy from the italian Yes, it was. Yes. And they, yeah, he's been doing uh, bonus apps lately too, which has been nice. The other day he had Tom Sharpling on and uh, with John Daly. It's not bad did, either. Did you download the, or did you join up for the Earwolf thing? Or is this, these bonus episodes just part of the regular? No, it's just the regular podcast. Okay. You know, every once in a while he'll do a Thursday episode. Yeah, I'm just a little behind then. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, no, this is. This is a good album, but what I was gonna, what I was talking about before, I think, to me, there's a difference between like a good, even great album, and like a transcendent album. Is that the the Who's Could Do to me is more transcendent. It it goes deeper, and I don't know. Maybe it was just because I was a teenager. Who knows? But I don't really think that's it. I think it was definitely more. You know, they were younger, and and they seemed to be like playing everything as if their lives depended on it. Whereas now, it's not. The case, not that he doesn't like really rave up and stuff still, but it's not the same. It's not the same emotional intensity, really. Not, I'd agree with that. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's all about age or. I mean, this one is just kind of safe, and it's consistent. I think this one's more consistent than the Escort album, but it's yeah, the, the highs aren't as high. Right, and and that's it's not as raw. It's not as raw either. No, no, that's kind of. A problem too i think the consistency is i mean it can be a problem um because it's all it's all at least at a good level mm-hmm. um all the songs you know so it's it's hard for individual ones to stick out as much 
Well, because they don't actually get the great. I mean, I'm not criticizing the album at all because I liked it. No, it's yeah. Like, it just didn't have anything that's going to stick with you for a long time. Like like the hardly the getting over it or yeah. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not criticizing either. I mean, the dude's 50 in his 50s. You know, he's you change. Um, but and and which is not to say this is a bad album at all. Like we said, we both said it's good. Um, and I think like his more experimental stuff works a lot better than it has previously here too. Um, which we'll get to a little bit, but uh, but you're you're pick from this album was the first song uh voices in my head which nice probably had the longest time to listen to since i think uh, that's why i picked it, it yeah was just, it stuck with me it's it's a nice song yeah it's kind of a mix of his different eras it's more um you know more kind of that jangly ringing type of uh type of sound not not so much punk right and it, the his voice kind of just juts up above the Django once in a while where he kind of puts out a, a note really high. Right. And, and then he kind of, yeah, he's kind of, it's kind of a resigned sounding song in a way, I guess, but also mm-hmm. catchy. The more you listen to it, that's the other thing about, especially about his solo work and this album too. Um, it not, unless it's like something like see a little light or if I can't change your mind or whatever, not a lot of the songs stick out immediately as catchy. Um, it takes a while for me anyway for them to like get into my head to where i can appreciate them right yeah I which, agree with that. which is i enjoy too but um you know if you're not a bob mold fan i don't necessarily know why you'd give it the effort it requires or you know if you're not doing a podcast but yeah this song uh this was the first single from the from the album and it came uh, out a long time ago didn't it yeah it came just came out a couple months ago i think he yeah he released it probably february um but and not not necessarily representative of the album as a whole although it it, it is i mean it's a bob mold song it's his sound like he pretty much just invented this sound and he's playing it still and it's a mix of like the more workbook type stuff and the more rock stuff but we'll play it so uh, you don't have to listen to us trying to explain it inarticulately uh here is voices in my head song it was my pick and I, I i picked it because i thought it was kind of a departure 
probably the one real departure on the album because it's basically a groove song, I feel like. It kind of reminds me of like a mashup of early Stereolab and late period R.E.M. There's like you can actually hear the bass and it's not ah, yeah. It's not Sorry. really about um it's not definitely not a rager or anything and it's just basically one riff played over and over. It's a groove, you know, like I said. Um I wasn't his... sure until you mentioned the bass, I wasn't sure what you meant by early stereo lab, but I think I got it now. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, you know, it's kind of uh monolithic in in the way it it moves. There's not really any changes or anything to it, but I like it. It's more about feel and it's kind of mellow and catchy and I think, you know, he has finally figured out how to incorporate electronic stuff into his music. This is a good example because it's just there kind of for texture and color. He's, it's not overwhelming anything. Yeah, it has, I guess it's electronic. I was thinking it was piano kind of in the background of, of this song as uh, near the end. Yeah, I think there's some there's some keyboard stuff, but it's really, you know, like I said, it's not it's not playing riffs or anything. So Right. Um, anyway, yeah, this is... This is a good one, um, kind of out of out of his comfort zone a little bit. Uh, here is losing sleep. The next song on the album, "Pray for Rain," which is probably the most Bob Moldish. Yeah, I was gonna say it's. It doesn't stand out nearly as much as "Losing Sleep," but it's got that. I mean, still like it. Yeah, it's got what you think of when you think of Bob Mold. It's got that like ringing chorus that even like he hits a chorus and then even steps it up a notch for like an after chorus. I don't even know what <laughs> you would call it, um, <laughs> and it's. You know, it's kind of anthemic and and just fun with depressing lyrics, um, <laughs> catchy. And you know, it's driving. Oh, it's driving, all right. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, there's some songs on here that are kind of dirges too, you know. But I think even those he did did better than he has in the past. Um, and some songs are like rave ups that are you know like less than two minutes long and whatever. Uh, I, the one thing I, I do wonder, though, is like, th that's another thing with the Husker Du stuff. It felt like 
they were feeling it. They were singing about what they were feeling. They were like really going through it. Whereas here, like, I can't believe he's going through a breakup all the fucking time in his <laughs> well, life. Maybe he is. It's possible, I guess. But I think it's more just like it's in his comfort zone to sing about these subjects. Or maybe he's still feeling stuff from the past that, that hasn't left yet. Yeah, that could be. Therapy, Bob, you can afford it. Yeah, but once he once he loses that edge, he won't be touring all the time. Nope. He'll be uh doing saccharine dance dance music every night, and even he hates it. Every damn night. Say uh actually I don't even know what movie that was. Weird science? Anyway, you can find that quote. Uh but yeah, I, this is just this is classic Bob Mold. Um nothing's nothing that's going to uh make you think any differently of him if you know his stuff uh but you know just another one in a long line of these songs that you can put on and and feel kind of happy about um so here is pray for rain That was my Buscemi. Wow. It'd be powerful to see you do a reading of Fargo. She's in the wood chipper, she? That's her leg there. Ah. I'm with so the I haven't seen that Louis C.K. show that stars Stu Buscemi. I would like to. Is this another one you made up? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't either. It's a show I tried to make you buy when I visited you, but I never bought myself. No, is is Steve Buscemi in that Louis C.K. thing? I still don't even know where that Louis C.K. thing is. It's I, on his website. That's yeah. it. And then how much do you have to pay for it? Do you know? Like a dollar an episode, something like that. Oh, that's not bad. It's cheaper than Amazon. Uh, sorry, taking a drink of milk tea. I've had that. Yeah. Didn't care for the boba. Next time, we'll just give you a straight milk tea. Uh, don't go get milk tea in uh, Philadelphia. I can tell you that. It's not that good. You got it here. That's why I'm the wrong you. place. I guess it was the wrong place, but I didn't see it any other place. I looked it up. I'll be back the out The place soon. you went to is specifically the wrong place. It's a front for a illegal cockfight outfit run by uh, Nigerians and people from the Netherlands and other end countries I can't think of. Nepal. Oh. North America. Hello. Hello. Uh, oh, I had an idea for a future episode. Also, before I mention that, do you think that... Oh, 
I've not watched the Trevor Noah Daily Show, but do they still use the Bob Mould theme song? They do. I mean, it's not his version, but yeah, they still use it. But is it still the version they had with Jon Stewart? I think so, yeah. That's weird. They should have changed that when he came on. They might have. I don't uh, know. I only watched one episode. I want there to be a future episode of our show where it's a debate format. And um, oh, I, I can't think of who's going to be the judge, me or you. But it's going to be a debate episode with Michael Morris where the grinder versus grandfathered. And Michael Morris has to defend the grinder. Oh, and one of us has to defend grandfathered grandfather oh man and then one of us will be the judge see i just don't i don't know that i could defend grandfathered i guess you have to be the judge then oh then i can use my catchphrase here come the judge and then when i make a mistake i'll say did i do that these are all my catchphrases again i was bad at signing contracts they Uh, use that catchphrase in broad city I know, I hella laughed. Uh, great this season, as we said a million times. Um, yeah, anyway, I would say buy, buy this album. Why not? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's no, uh, it's no, uh, yes, as great as hits, but it's good. It's no Frank Zappa freak out. Oh, uh, one of the guys at work. Sometimes we, uh, for our birthdays, we get to choose, we get the department goes out to lunch, and some of us are smart and choose pizza lunches so we can watch things of our choice during the pizza lunch. And one of the guys at work chose to watch a monkeys movie called Head. Head. It's fucking weird, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. I think we should do an episode about it. I totally do. I own it, so yeah. Well, I don't own it, but I know where I can get a copy. Speaking of Frank Zappa. Yeah. He was on an episode of Z Monkeys. Was he, he was in Head? Also, he was in Head, yeah. He played I could, the critic. I remember. Uh, yeah, there's so much craziness going on in that movie. That would probably be an easy one to find a match for. Pee-wee's, uh, the new Pee Wee Herman movie. Oh, that's true. Oh, that would be perfect. All right, that's in the pipeline. If you'd like to come on for that episode, we welcome you with open arms and open thighs. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I think we're going to, we don't know what we're doing next. It might be freeform. It might be, uh, sitcoms. It might just be the two of us reading boat, boat poetry. Boat poetry. Yeah. The it's, you know, it's really a a misunderstood and neglected form of poetry. Mm -hmm. You just, the biggest, the hardest part is rhyming stuff to USS. Yeah, it kind of is, because, you know, you can only use Elliot Ness so much, because he doesn't naturally come up in these poems. No, because he was not a seafaring policeman. Unfortunately. He would have done fine at it, but no, he was not. Nope. He had uh, rubber legs every time he got near the water. I want to try to do your Steve Buscemi impression. Do it. How was it? I guess it was great because I think it only happened in your head. But oh, I'm, I'm assuming man. it was, it was lovely. Thanks. Yeah. Ah, see. Ah, I was a firefighter. You're a firefighter. 
Steve Buscemi was a firefighter, dude. Oh, in real life? Yeah. I yeah. think that's made up. That's like that guy who from the league who said he was at 9-11 really wasn't. I think the same thing with that Steve Buscemi Yeah, story. you're probably right. Always trying to always trying He was to probably himself. a fire starter. Yeah, just like Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. uh, in that movie, E.T. Phone home. I think E.T. is streaming on Netflix now. So uh, you can all go watch it and see how it does not hold up. Is that your recommendation? No. It probably, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it since I was 12. Who knows if it holds up? I didn't like it when I was a kid. I was very in the odd group for that one. I was, I'm pretty sure I was 12. Um, and I just remember like when he died or whatever, like there were people in the audience crying and shit. I was like, even at that age, I was like, you know, he's not dead. It's a fucking Steven Spielberg movie. (laughs) Well, let's not go that far. You weren't saying it's a Steven Spielberg movie. No, I probably wasn't. Because there was no such thing as a Steven Spielberg movie at the time. But I knew enough about (laughs) movies to be like, come on. So I was younger than you, and I remember someone crying, and I I didn't have that reaction because I still don't know if people are going to live or die in movies. I just remember having the reactions like, why does she care so much? Because it was another <laughs> another kid. I was like, well, who cares? I I just want to go home. I wish he had M&Ms instead of Reese's Pieces. <laughs> oh, you say PCs too. How, how are you supposed to say it? Well, I don't know. What you do you say, mean too? Do you say PCs of April when you talk about that movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. I never talk about that movie though because I don't like saying that. But if you're talking about like part of something, I say pieces. But Reese's Pieces, is that how you pronounce it? How do you pronounce it? Wait, Reese's Pieces? Reese's? Like the monkey? Exactly, like... Get the fuck out of here. Reese's? Reese's Pieces. How do you pronounce the one that's spelled T-W-I-X? T-W-O-Twikes? Fuck you! I don't think that's how you pronounce it. Although that candy bar is kind of a fuck you. They actually, uh, I, I would like to calm down, but it's pronounced twikes, and uh, they have actually improved. That's what I just said. Their, no, there's an umlaut. They have improved their chocolate version that used to be terrible, but now it's terrific. Their chocolate version? They're all chocolate. Of course they're chocolate, Thunderhead, but there's one version that has, oh no, I'm sorry, <laughs> peanut butter. They've improved their peanut butter version. Oh yeah, those are almost the same thing. They Both are. invented by George Washington Carver. But the old version of the peanut butter ones, they took out the like the nice cookie in the center and replaced it with a chocolate cookie. But now the cookie in the center of the peanut butter ones is the same as the caramel ones, and that gets my thumbs up. And that's my recommendation for this week, peanut butter Twix. They used to have a chocolate cookie in the peanut butter one? Yeah, it was disgusting. I would eat it and be disgusted and throw it up. Chocolate cookies are generally not good. Like Oreos? Is that even supposed to be chocolate or is that supposed to be like coal or something? I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to be. Um, Never cared for Oreos. Oh, I love Oreos, but especially the stuff in the middle. Well, yeah, that's the only good part. But my mom used to make like these pie crusts out of like Oreo cookies. And it, oh man, I take like one bite of that crust and I would, that would be enough for me for like a year. You wouldn't have to eat any food at all for a year? Yeah. No, it was that filling. I, I think it was like 500,000 calories. 
I think you should send your mom to to countries where people are starving because she could say she could solve problems. Eh, seems like a lot of effort for people I don't really know that well. But if you got to know them, maybe they'd be your friends. Maybe, or maybe they'd uh, maybe they'd try to skin me like uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts. No, wait, they... what was that, Captain Phillips? Wait, Captain. I don't Crunch? know who was Tom. Yeah, who was Tom Hank? Was he Captain Crunch? Oh, he was Forrest Gump. For oh right, Forrest Gump. Yeah, like that Forrest Gump, like those Somalis. Wait, did tried you to say Tom Forrest Hank Gump. or Tom Hanks? No, I said Tom Hanks. Although oh. Tom Hank would have been fine in that role too. He always gets screwed over because his name's so similar. I know he's a singular version. Yeah, he was good in Weird Science. Uh, he he was also good in uh, in. Uh, Oh, god damn. What was the name of that movie? Oh, uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. I did not like that film. Sidney Lumet. Is it Lumet or Lumet? It looks like it should be Lumet, but I always hear Lumet. Lumley. Oh, yeah, Lumley. Chumley. Wasn't that a character somewhere? Yeah, I think he was a penguin. Was he on like that? No, no, he was a walrus. He was a walrus, and and, um, the guy from Get Smart played the penguin's voice. Oh, uh... Uh, Steve Carell. T- uh, Tennessee Tuxedo. Tennessee Tuxedo. Ah, see? I'm Tennessee Tuxedo. I would watch the heck out of that cartoon. I think it's time for recommendations. Asians, 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 Asians. You uh, go first. Must I? All right. I'm going to recommend... Uh, uh, I'll recommend the new Mayor Hawthorne album. Why not? If you like Mayor Hawthorne, it's more of the same. It's kind of, you know, kind of Hall and Oates-ish vibe R&B from a white dude. Uh, <laughs> you're, not, you're not selling me. All right. Well, nevertheless, that that will be my recommendation. Uh, oh, no, you know, you know who I'll really recommend? Because I made myself a mix and... Uh, yeah, this is better. This is a better recommendation. Man, fuck you, Meyer Hawthorne, Mayor Hawthorne. You're out. Johnny Cash is in. Listen to some Johnny Cash, man. The dude was a weird it's... mix of, like, he was a devout Christian and patriot, but then also super left-wing in his politics. Like, always singing about the working man and, like, anti-Vietnam and... Which I guess is pretty Christian when you think about it, but but uh, yeah, really almost more of a folk singer than a country singer if you listen to a lot of his stuff. Uh, and you know he's got that voice like there's no more authoritative voice than that. Even though he can't really sing, he's still fucking awesome. So uh, he can't sing. I mean, you know, he's who cares? Joe Strummer can't sing either. He's great. Shane McGowan can't sing. These are all great singers, in my opinion. They got soul. Yeah, I love Johnny Cash. It's amazing, everything he does. Yeah, it's and all that, great. And talking about him reminds me, I was listening to an interview with Loretta Lynn. Uh-huh. Is that her name? The country singer? Yeah. And I've never really listened to her stuff before, and her stuff's pretty amazing, too. Very good. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's that whole strain of country, that that style of country that was really good and, like, not, not super corny and corn pone and all that you know yeah kind of 60s and 70s almost not just kind of rebellious country outlaw country yeah yeah she had that song about uh starting birth control because she was so sick of being pregnant yeah yeah it's just 
and she had a, a, like three or four songs that were just they refused to play them on country radio, which is is pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't I've never really listened to them, but you know, the Dixie Chicks were kind of in that tradition from what I can tell. Well, the at the very least, they were not well liked by the country music establishment when they were criticizing George W. Bush. Yeah, which I'm all for. I don't know that their sound was as interesting as Loretta Lynn and no, no, Johnny, no. Johnny Cash. Had, they had the really different than modern country sound. Well, everyone back then did. But I think even back then there was a little bit of a treacle to with the, the more popular stuff that they rebelled against. But yeah, yes, it, Johnny Cash is great. Well, Johnny Cash kind of crossed genre borders more than most artists. Yes, I no, I agree. I, I think pretty much you can't really hate Johnny Cash. No, I, yeah, nobody does. And if they do, they're idiots so that that was a pretty much foolproof recommendation uh what do you got i think i will recommend jk rowling's latest mystery novel career of evil wait is she writing under her own name now no robert oh, Gal- okay. Gal- galbraith but now that the secret's out it's not it's not that big of a deal i think it's a shame that the secret ever came out i know she didn't want it to but then again i probably wouldn't have read it if i hadn't known like it wouldn't have gotten popular enough right away for it to come across for me to come across it but she does a good job i think they're really well written mystery novels they're better than the norm yeah i gotta try one i got i ha- well, we have the first one here so i should check that out um it's worth it that she i think she created an interesting an interesting universe with the characters the cormoran strike is the main character and robin is is yeah good read it is Enjoy there it. any magic in it with a k well it's if you call disappearing zombies magic, I guess. I, I call that Tuesday. Yeah, well, I th- I kind of feel like with those books, like the first one, if it hadn't have sold well, like the publisher would have let it leak somehow. You know what I mean? Because they're going to want to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't I don't think they would piss her off though she's making enough money on other sides that they could let her have a pet project and just let her write it under this name because she obviously wanted that to happen it wasn't like it was a a, i mean she sued and she changed agents over it so it wasn't a right right purposeful leak so yeah but anyway it's it's, oh no i definitely i know it wasn't like it wasn't on her but i'm i just wonder at the time people people said that and i was annoyed because it was clearly not true it was Anyway, it's out. It's good. I liked it. It's out. It's queer. Get used to it. Hello. Hello. Uh, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Wait, I'm going to try to do the whole thing. Uh, nah, I already forgot the rest of it. Go ahead. Rate us highly on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. And tell your friends to listen. We love your friends. Especially that one. Just that one, really. I mean, that's the one we're really going for. Well. Once we get that one friend, I don't know. I feel like I'm set karmically. Yeah, but. But we'll take the rest of your stinky friends, too. That one friend is cool. Yeah. Come on, try to get that one. You guys need to put more pressure on people. Uh, This... One thing I love about this podcast is that uh, nobody ever writes to us, and uh, so we pretty much can continue just talking shit about whoever we want. Is that the only thing you like about the podcast? Basically. Ugh. Okay. I mean, I like hearing my own voice as well. So, 
There you go. Um, yeah, we, we will be back, as we always are, with something, as there usually is, or nothing, as there often also is. So, until next time, goodbye, everybody. Au revoir. Meow.